Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another sad and more so frustrating episode. No names, all game. Today is October 26th. You are now number 20. Nittany Lions are five and two after a mind-blowing loss to an unranked two and five Illinois team as a 24-point favorite at home in nine overtimes, the longest game in FBS history. We're going to try not to be sad the entire episode. We're going to try not to harp on just all the bad things. But guys, there's a lot of bad things coming from this game. Pat, how the hell are you, man? Oh, not good. This game was torturous um, on so many levels. So many. And, you know, we, we are ardent James Franklin supporters here at, at the podcast. But we're also not blind to the man's faults. And this game was a great representation of all of that. It was every, like, I wouldn't say everything, but like so much, like most of the things that we've been annoyed, that we've had problems with under the James Franklin era came out during this game. And all of the, like, all of the chatter from the fans that want him gone. Like, I mean, he really justified it this week, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's some themes that are, are obviously not very good. Uh, Audrey Snyder had a really good article in The Athletic about it. Um, take a chance to read that if you can. But this is, you know, another year where after our first loss of the season, we immediately follow up with a second loss. Or out of the um, last five. Yeah, goes back to 2017, 2018. It was Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, 2019 even, we lost to Minnesota. We came back with a, you know, a... a, a barely beating Indiana and then lost to Ohio state. Um, and then last year, obviously the Owen five start this year, Iowa to a bye week to Indiana, uh, to Indiana. Geez. Now I'm saying the wrong things foreshadowing yeah. <laughs> to Illinois. It's just, it's really tough when you come off a heartbreaking loss, your quarterback gets hurt. All of us are just sitting there saying if, if Clifford wasn't hurt, we win that game. We're a better team and we deserve to be a, a number two team in the country. And then we come out and just put up a stinker like this so um a lot to get into we'll have our awards as usual um i'll say mine are not very positive (laughs) so we'll we'll get into all of that but i think we need to start with uh james franklin's press conference today so i know you were working you didn't have a chance to see it Um, but this is the hot topic on twitter right now um first and foremost i'll say this james franklin is a human he's allowed to have slips of the tongue he's allowed to make mistakes we say things wrong all the time but i think the bigger thing was it was his demeanor, his overall tone of voice, his body language. You could tell that he was distracted, for lack of a better word. Um, he said that our focus was on Illinois uh, three different times in the press conference. We are playing Ohio State this week. He called uh, Ohio Stadium the big house. as where Michigan plays, not Ohio State. Um, and he kind of just danced around questions about distractions, about the coaching jobs, about all of that. So I, like, I don't want to just kind of like bash him and, and bury him because again, like you don't know what he's going through. Obviously this is weighing on him, but at the end of the day, you get paid five, $6 million to be the head coach, to answer these questions, to have your team prepared for these things. And it was a tough look, man. It was just, it wasn't fun to watch and it didn't really inspire confidence. So. Um, I don't know really much more to like to, to beat that horse, but it, it just wasn't fun to watch. No, I mean, listen, I'm, like I said, I'm an unabashed fan of the guy, but I'll bash him for this. Uh, <laughs> he deserves to be. 
Like, yeah, you are the head coach of this program and you get paid good money to be so. Like, you're supposed to lead your team through this. First of all, you were not, you were not supposed to lead your team to this in the first place. Yeah. This, this isn't like years past where we lost to Michigan and then Ohio State. We, you know, where we followed up our first loss with a second loss to a team that's actually good. We, right. lost, to, and I, we lost to a bad team this week. A very bad team. A team that and we I'm, far I, more talented. And I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to, you know, it might sound snobbish or rude or whatever. I, this is not a, well, you know, hats off to Illinois. They played a good no. game, man. No, they didn't actually. They were bad. We were yeah. just worse. Yeah, and like there, there's a lot of the press conference stuff that we'll get into kind of throughout the episode. But the big one is, you know, people keep asking about uh, the coaching rumors and, and his future. Audrey Snyder asked it directly. Are you committed to being the head coach here past this season? And his answer was, yeah. You know, obviously I've been asked this multiple times. My focus completely on Illinois, he meant Ohio State, and this team and this program. I think over my eight years, I've shown my commitment to this university and this community, and that's kind of my statement. I know he doesn't address these things, but it would be so nice just once to understand that you keep saying you don't want a distraction. You're creating more of a distraction by answering it this way. Like we just saw, who is it? Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M given unabashed, I am very happy here. I have a great chancellor, a great AD. We're building something special here. I plan on being the coach at Texas A&M. Now, maybe that's a lie because he's done that before. I plan yeah, on being the coach of Florida State and left. But at least he's putting it out there. Mike Tomlin today was asked about USC rumors. And, of course, NFL is a little different story. But he said, no, why would I want to go there? I have the best job in the world, one of the best jobs in professional sports. Why would I want to leave? Never say never, but never. Uh, even, even Urban Meyer, who is the flakiest guy in the world, when asked about USC rumors, said, you know, I'm committed to building something here in Jacksonville. Like, Franklin just – I want him to just to be a little bit direct one time to shut it down. And, and he hasn't been. So that was kind of my biggest concern with the press conference. The rest of it, calling it Illinois, calling it the big house. It's frustrating because of the circumstances, right? If he makes that slip up after a win, no one gives a shit. Um, but you could just tell, like I said, his head wasn't really in it. Yeah, but that's not, that's not where – I'm sorry. Like, you're not allowed to be there. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to feel sorry for whatever you're going through right now. I, yep. I shouldn't be. It's your job to not be going through it. And, and if you are, like, it's your job to not show your players that you are. Right. You're, you're supposed to be exuding confidence and that we are writing the ship, not that you're lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know what? Let's stay on this. We're going to do some bashing. Let's get the bashing out. Um, another thing that pissed me off, he opened up the press conference. He always opens it up with, like, recap from the last game. And he just started highlighting all the things that we won about the game. He goes, uh, we won the turnover battle. We won the sack battle. We won the drive position start. Uh, we competed our tails off for 60 minutes and nine no, overtimes. And then, and then he said the biggest thing was we didn't capitalize on turnovers. We only got three points on turnovers. My man, that was not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is we scored 10 points in regulation against a team that is pure shit or should be pure shit. The biggest thing is that we let up – 350 yards on the ground. Sure, we held them to 10 points, but there are a lot bigger things. It just, it was like, I don't want to say tone deaf, but it felt a little tone deaf. So, like I said, I don't want to just beat a man to death, but it was a bad press conference. Yeah. And like, listen, if you come out after a tough Ohio State loss and talk about the things we did well, I can let that go. Sure. Because that's a team that's better than us every year. They just yeah. are. And you want to highlight the positives there. Like, you want to yes. talk about the good things. This is a game where you should say, we underperformed. We, yeah. we underperformed. They came out. 
we didn't play to the level of football that we here at Penn State expect. And, like, he says those a little bit in, like, passing where he talks about we got to be better in the run game, we got to get better push, and you'd like to be able to do more than this and you'd hope to be able to do, but it's just – it's not – it's not as direct as it should be. And like that, that's where like this whole thing about coaching carousel and jobs being open and all of that, like his, this has been his stick for seven years, eight years. Like this is nothing new. He doesn't answer a lot of things directly. He dances around, he talks in kind of hyperbole a lot. So like, it's not that it's new. It's just that it's not cutting it anymore. And the other thing I want to say too, I was singing this man's praises two weeks ago for his directness at the Iowa press conference when he was talking about the booing of injuries. And I'm, I haven't completely flipped my tune on him in two weeks. This doesn't completely change that, but it is crazy just to see the high of highs we were feeling after that and how motivated we were feeling to like this lackluster low of lows. And it kind of stems from, like I said, his tone of voice, his body language, and just his overall kind of like being in it. Yeah. And that was a lot of the criticism of last season that he, it seemed like he wasn't in it. And like, Hey man, you know, like, and a COVID season's weird. He had family things going on. We get it. We get it. We're not, we're not going to bring that up. We're not going to yeah. talk about that. But you, this, you can't keep having the same problems every year. Yeah. And like, you can't come off a bye week and lose to Illinois. That's basically it. Yeah. So, you can't come off a bye week after a hard loss and then just lay a turd out there on the field. Exactly. Exactly. So let, let's get into awards and stuff because we, we could talk well, about well, this first. You know what I, I do actually want to talk about first, though, is how do you feel about his job security at this point? I think his job security is fine if he wants it kind of thing. Like, no, no. How do you like, feel about – how much do you want him in this program right now? I, I, still, I still find myself leaning pro-Franklin. Maybe that's getting lesser and less. But, again, like I, I can't, this is what pisses me off. Two weeks ago, people were banging the drum. Ten days ago, five days ago, we're all banging the drum for Sandy Barber. Give him what he wants. Give him the money for facilities. This guy has changed our program. One loss, albeit the worst loss of his tenure, can't just completely flip that to say, all right, I want a new coach. Can it swing the momentum? Sure. If I was 90%, I want Franklin, maybe I'm 70%. Like, maybe. I don't know. Those are arbitrary numbers. But I I still just, like, I don't know if there's another guy out there that comes in and does overall, holistically, a better job immediately. Because if if he leaves, if he goes to USC, if he goes to LSU, like, yeah, there's a bunch of names out there, like Luke Fickle at Cincinnati everyone talks about. Um, people talk about how oh, maybe we'll get Matt Rule from the Panthers. Like, is he really leaving the NFL after half a season? Like, unless he gets fired, which, like, okay, maybe. People say, oh, bring Joe Brady home. Joe Brady loves being in the NFL. He doesn't want to go back to college. People saying, oh, Bill O'Brien will come from Alabama. Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's just to me, program it's just wasn't any better under him. I mean, he saved us for a little bit. Him no, he credit. did, but like, but yeah. it's not like he was leading us to a national championship. Exactly. So, so my point is, I'm still pro Franklin because I don't know if there's a better option out there right now, and maybe that's naive. But for stability's sake, for recruiting's sake, I, I want to see, I want to see us get through, and I don't want us to start over again. What is I mean, your What is your answer to that same question? I agree. Um, I am not on the fire Franklin train by any means yet. But for the first time since 2016, I am of the opinion, like, well, the leash has to start to tighten. Yeah. Like, like now, I'm, his seat shouldn't be hot, but it should be like, hey, it's a little warm uh, yeah. after 
the disaster that was last season. And, you know, a lot of people point to the, we're one and six against Ohio State under Franklin. Hey, I got to be honest with you. Like, would I like to be better than that? Yeah, but that's not a reason he should be fired. They're a better program than us. Sure. Sure. I don't like saying that. It, it hurts me to have those words come out of my mouth. But we, like, best case scenario, we should be two and five against them under him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And but, maybe three. Maybe three. There were a couple yeah. we blew. But I, I get what I, you're saying. It's, it's, it's clear expectations. But, like, you know, a few more seasons where we don't make the playoff, where – we follow up our first loss with our second one immediately where we lose coming out of a bye week and where we lose to teams that we're not supposed to lose to teams that are worse than us. And like, yeah, well then if that continues to happen, it's going to be time for him to go. Yeah. And and we talked about this. I'd say he's got five years to have that stop happen. Yeah. If if five years, five years to at least, you know, I don't want to say has to win a Big Ten championship in the next five years, but like, but kind of, kind of does, kind of, yeah. We've we've talked about this on other other episodes in the past of like, Ohio State tends to have like one game a year where they just have like a fluke and they lose to somebody. You remember they lost to Purdue, they lost yeah. to um, was it Minnesota? Maybe I don't remember. <laughs> they they have this fluke where they just have a bad game and then they get back to beating the shit out of people. Yeah, like that's our. They problem. usually come back pretty hard from that. Yeah, the momentum is always in a downward trend. Coming off bye weeks, we never look super fresh and super ready. Coming off of losses, we always look down. So like, and people asked him about that in in the in the press conferences, like you know the one and zero mentality. Is it? Is it fair to think that some of the players could be distracted by bigger games than, than not? Could they be distracted by the rumors of your coaching? And he just said, like, he, he said, uh, things we can control and there's things we can't from the outside. We try to keep it as focused as we can. It's like, yeah, but you can control some of that stuff. And, and it's, it just hasn't happened to this point. So I agree. Things need to get better. Things need to change. If we win this game, we're singing a completely different tune. And that's the craziness of college football. Like, even if we come out with a narrow win over this, like you say, we don't go to nine overtime, say we pull it out in the fourth quarter. Like we're still singing a, Hey, you know what? That was, that was really scary. Yeah, at least we, got we got through, through it. it. And now, now we're going to turn it up for Ohio state. We're going to be ready. That was our warm up. That was our tune up. Now we're sitting there going, Oh shit. Ohio state's going to be real ugly if that's how we're playing right now. So. Yeah. There's a party that goes like, I, you have to, as a Penn state fan, you just have to hope in your heart of hearts that, most of this is due to having a not fully healthy Sean Clifford. And Sean right. Clifford who couldn't really perform up to what he's supposed to be able to do. Right. But, and there's, there's some things to be said for that. But I'll tell you this. The one positive coming out of this is the rest of the season gets a lot less stressful right now. Because if we, if we lose next week big, well, the season was kind of over anyway. If it's a close game and, or even if we win somehow miraculously, then boom. Spirits are high and we're right back in it. So if there's one positive to take away, the stress of the next five weeks has been lifted a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how much I want that. But <laughs> I, honestly, the, the frustrating thing, part about this game was, you know, I, I think it's our, our buddy Coach Caduti who says, like, winning's a great deodorant. Mm-hmm. And it has been for this team where, like, there were a lot of problems with this team, man. Uh, that, you know, we couldn't run the ball. Uh, teams do run the ball well against us. Mm-hmm. And without P.J. Mustafer, apparently even better. And you just, like, you look at that game and you go, man, even if Sean Clifford is healthy, like, I don't see how this 
was really going to continue. Yeah, exactly. And I'll give a shout out to our, our friend Brandon Beal, who's been on the program a couple of times. I was talking to him earlier today, uh, and we were just talking about like the excuses and the way Franklin kind of plays some things off. Uh, and he said, you know, we just got beat, not much more to it. And nobody probably wants to hear this, but this is a team that kind of skated by Wisconsin, only put up 24 in Indiana, kind of skated by against Auburn, absolutely should have not lost to Illinois, but it kind of all evens out. So it, it's one of those things where like, yeah, we were a number four team in the country. Did we deserve that? Maybe, maybe not. Were the wins still good wins? Yeah, they were. But now you start looking back on it and say like, all right, what really is the state of our program? Like, did, did, we, did we have a lot of things go right and we were feeling good and we were, you know, kind of covering up some of those issues? Or is this kind of just who we've been? So it's not a great feeling. It's not where we want to be coming into this part of the season, coming into this stretch that we have over the next couple of weeks, but it's the reality of where we are. So something's got to change. Something's got to get better. And hopefully it does. Yeah, hopefully. And that's like, our there's, opening there's a, real, there's a real possibility <laughs> that this team ends the season on a five and two skid. There's a strong possibility. Five and two. How, how do we go? Five oh, no, and two? Sorry. Two and five skid. Okay, I was going to say that we're not going five and two, I don't think. Uh, Backwards. Yeah, 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 it's, it's ugly. I mean, you got Ohio State, you got Michigan, you got Michigan State, and then the Rutgers-Maryland games you hope should be wins, but seeing what just happened this weekend, you can't really pencil anything in. So we're ranting, we're rambling. This is what happens after losses. You just got to get it all out. It's the word vomit. Hopefully, hopefully you're still listening to this episode and you haven't turned it off because we haven't depressed you. But uh, let's get to some awards and I'll probably depress you even more. Yeah. Let's start with the Lion. Who is your MVP of this god-awful game? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Jahan Dotson, I guess. <laughs> sure. You know, he was – he put up some pretty good stats – uh, had that insane catch on the first drive where we did score. That was a fun uh, catch. That was. It was not a fun throw, but it was a fun catch. Fun catch. <laughs> and he's generally just looked very good. Uh, he was good in a sea of bad to the that you know this Saturday. Yeah, I will say I was rewatching uh, the like the condensed version of the game today to get ready for this episode, and um, I almost wish if it was a win because it's a great gift that I could have pulled. After he makes that insane catch, he like pulls it, he comes down, he's laying on the ground like with the ball, and he just looks to the defender next to him and just shakes his head like, "Nope, not gonna happen." And it was so fucking cool, but I didn't feel yeah. like it was like I didn't feel like it was the right time to tweet that out today. Um, but yeah, shout out Jahan Dotson. Um, I was gonna go Keandre Lambert Smith only touchdown that we scored. Um, I like it in, re- in regulation. Uh, but let's. I'll give some love to the defense. No, no. Side. Only touchdown we scored in oh, regulation. No, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, you're we, right. Noah, yeah. Noah Kane scored. Well, you're no, right. no. Noah Kane scored a two point conversion. Yeah, exactly. Only touchdown we scored this game. You know what? I'm sticking with it. Sorry, defensive side. I'll get to you later. Keandre yeah. Leverett Smith, you are my lion because you scored our only touchdown of the game against a two and five Illinois, where we were twenty four point favorites. Man, man, this is tough. All right, let's get on to awards. I have two of them. They are both not very positive. Pat, I'll let you go first. What do you got? I'm going to go with the uh, See You Again Award. See You Again, the yeah. Miley Cyrus song reference? No, it's, uh, you know, it's been a long day without you, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, is that Clifford? No. I don't know. Who does that go to? PJ Mustafer. It was a long day without him, my friend. Yeah, good call. Good call. And, I thought uh, maybe he was like without Clifford's abilities, but I like that yes. better. 
man, you just really saw that this, you know, we, we let a bad team run for like almost 400 yards against us. Yeah. Yeah, and Franklin did not have a great answer for that in the press conference. Someone asked him why it was a struggle to, to stop the run on Saturday. He said, they gave us a formation we hadn't seen, and they made some adjustments to it. And then he went on to say, at the end of the day, we held them to 10 points, and that should have been enough to win the game. I'm okay with the bend, don't break. I'm okay with giving up some chunk plays here and there. And, yeah, we did only let up 10 points. But giving up 350 yards on the ground to this team, not great, Bob. Yeah, it's not really excusable. And, like, this was a, you know, definitely had, it was a team that has had its moments of people running the ball against us throughout the year, but, like, has also at times been very good against the run. Yeah, yeah, we've had flashes of dominance. And, man, without P.J. Musfer in there, you just didn't see much of that. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part, too, because one guy, as good as P.J. is and as important as he has been to us, shouldn't that shouldn't flip the script completely to where we're getting blown out the water. Um, them running a formation that you haven't seen on tape shouldn't flip the script to where we're getting blown out of the water. Like if they're running all over us in quarter one, quarter two, even we should have an answer and we should be able to shut that down. So PJ, you are missed my friend. Uh, my first award is the honeymoon phase is over award. Honeymoon phase is over. Um, I mean, easy answer would be Franklin, but I don't know if he ever if he was still. We, in we're way past phase. we're way past the honeymoon phase. This one yeah. goes to our good friend Mike Yarsich. Mike, Yersich. It, all we've heard for the first five games is this Mike Yarsich season, and he's going to get the most out of Clifford, and he was getting the most out of Clifford, and we're seeing amazing things, and the offense looks better than it ever has. Ten points at home against Illinois, who gives up 24 a game to teams far worse than us, regardless of limitations, is unacceptable. Not scoring from the 11-minute mark in the second quarter onward is unacceptable. We didn't score at all in the second half, and we didn't score past that 11-minute uh, mark in the second quarter. Not being able to get a touchdown in two overtimes is unacceptable. Not being able to convert eight two-point conversions from the three yard line against Illinois is unacceptable. Not eight, but six, however many. Um, yeah. I'm getting my numbers crossed, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I, I say all of this to like, I know it comes down to James Franklin. He is the head coach and he's going to get his fair share of blame for everything. Uh, but this was just a tough look for your search. So I'm not bashing him. I'm not saying he's not going to be a great offensive coordinator for us. Cause I still think he is, but this is, Honeymoon phase is over a little bit. All of those, the glitz and glam and everything's fun. And, you know, we just got to get the running game going and we'll be fine. That bubble bursts a little bit after you see a performance like this. So, Mike, I hope this was an anomaly. I hope this was just a bad day. But uh, the honeymoon phase is over and it's time to, uh, time to buckle down. All right. I don't I, like giving I, that award. Yeah, neither do I. I don't think I'm going like to like any of these awards. But <laughs> No. All right. What's your, what's your next one? John Taffer Award. John Taffer, shut it down! Shut it down. Well, who are we shutting down? The Lawn Boys. Shut oh, them down. <laughs> shut, shut down the run game. Shut it down. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I've been hearing every week, you know, we, you know what we got to do is we've got to get the run game going. No, we don't. It it's, hasn't, hasn't been going. It's never gone. And, in fact, it's not going to go. The only place it's got to go is out of here. We, we should run the ball ten times a game. It should be an accent to the pass game. We mix it in there every now and then when the opportunity arises. 
You want to get the running backs involved by throwing some passes out in the flat to them? Fine, do that. But the run game, it just isn't there. We don't have it. We're not going to have it. It's not a thing. Stop trying to make the run game a thing. Also, partially the Regina Georgia Award. I was just going to say that. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is this is a sad but true, man. I mean, it is it is brutal that I understand we can't get the run game going all the time. Maybe our offensive line isn't good enough. Maybe our running backs are struggling. But in crunch time, where you need one or two yards, you have to be able to count on your running game to pick that up. I think it was the second overtime. We had a third and two, and we're on like the ten yard line. All you got to do is pick up two yards, and we get stuffed. We are a significantly more talented team. That shouldn't happen. Like, it just shouldn't. I hate yeah. hearing that, but I think you're right, man. It's, 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 it's something's got to give. Yeah, they're just – we don't isn't have that, Isn't that crazy, too, to think, to think of, like, a backfield where we're like, hey, we got four guys that are studs. This is going to be excellent. This is going to be a running game. The lawn boys are the best thing to happen. Slice bread, and we just can't do it. Yeah, they it's just, sad. It's not there this season. You know? That's really sad. That's really and I, I don't know. As far as I can tell, you can't pinpoint one thing. Uh, right. You're not seeing much, you know, as much push on the offensive line as you want. You're seeing tight ends not blocking super great, but you're also seeing running backs really not make the right cuts. Yeah. Really not be able to push forward and fall forward for extra yards. It's just, it hasn't been part of the game this year. And yeah. it's, it's time to stop expecting for it to be part of the game. Yeah, some some something's got to change, and I don't know. I would I'd be interested to see like what teams in the country are successful throwing the ball like eighty percent of the time. I don't know if that exists, but maybe we'll be the first one. Yeah, maybe we'll be the first. In the, in the Big Ten, we certainly would be. Oh God! All right, shut it down. Um, my last one is the Karma's a Bitch Award. It feels like it goes to the whole team. It goes to uh, it goes to me. It goes to the fans. It goes to all of us who had so much fun, so much fun on Twitter, mocking oh. Iowa's loss to Purdue. Yeah. And now I want to say this. I want to say this. I don't regret it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't take it back. But, man, life comes at you fast. I had probably the most fun week of my life on Twitter, laughing at Iowa losing while we were on our bye. And then we come out and just absolutely drop a turd on the field. So, karma's a bitch. I don't want to say I deserve this, but maybe I deserve this a little bit. And uh, it hurts. I'm, I'm crying on the inside. Yeah. Uh, those are the awards that we have for you this week. Um, let's talk about any positives on this game. Any positives that you want to highlight? I have a couple. Um, you know, we only let up 10 points. Great. Uh, only allowed 38 yards. Yeah, our, our, you know what is a, a bright spot? Our defensive backfield is still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, if we led 350 yards on the ground, man, without the studs we had back there, it would have been 500 because they were making most of the tackles to, like that day. They were making Jair most Brown, of the run stops. I'm almost positive Jair Brown led the team in tackles. Um, yes, 13 tackles as a safety. Uh, not Brooks with 10. Joey Porter and with a, 9. 11 of them solo eight. tackles, too. Yeah, 11 so solo like tackles as a safety. Not like he's coming at the end of the play. No, not great. Joey Porter, nine tackles. Jaquan Brisker, eight tackles. Uh, Castro Field, six tackles. These are, these are all of your defensive backs making most of the hits. Not ideal. Um, I will say some good things. The turnovers, the turnovers that happened were exciting. Curtis Jacobs had a real nice interception early on. Love to see that. Uh, Brandon Smith's forced fumble is one of the cleanest, prettiest, like, form tackles I've ever seen where he just lit the quarterback up. 
uh, and the ball came popping out. That was awesome. Um, was it Tangelo? We also did the other one? score a defensive touchdown. What do you mean? The one that got called back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I, we scored a defensive touchdown. That was a terrible call. What was the call on that? Why am I they said his what forward happened? momentum had stopped. His forward progress uh, had stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. For like half a second. Right, right. That's bullshit. It was a bad call. Yeah, um, we had another forced fumble. So, we, yeah, we had three turnovers. That was great. We didn't really do much with them, um, but those, those were positives. Seven. Yeah. Uh, Jahan Dawson, you talked about, six for 69. Keandre Lambert, three for 49 and a touchdown. Um, there's, there's not a ton. I'll say I, I did predict that we were going to have four sacks in this game. We had four sacks in this game, so we'll tap there on the back go. for me. Um, there's, there's just not a lot of good to take out of this. So I think we've touched on most of it. Um, my notes literally are just things that could have won the game. Uh, we missed a field goal in the third quarter, technically could have won it. Uh, Brisker dropped an interception in overtime that could have won the game. Uh, the trick play to Clifford on the first two point conversion could have won it. Just bad execution. Not a great throw from Warren. Cliff couldn't catch it. There was green grass in front of him. Uh, a drop by strange in fourth overtime, uh, went right through his hands. Tough catch could have won it. Um, Brenton strange really let me down this season. Yeah, those, those are most of my notes on this game, just things that could have won it. So maybe let's talk about this. The, uh, this is the first time that we've seen this new overtime format. Um, what did you think of, of this format? I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, to be honest, I'm more neutral on it than most people are. I've seen mostly negative reactions to it. I've seen one positive reaction. Um, yeah, I mean, It would have just been – you get the feeling that, like, had it not been for these new rules, we would have just been trading field goals for – Forever. Or it, it would have been whoever missed a field goal first. Yeah, game. and I think that was the idea of this type of overtime. It's like, what was it a couple of years ago? We had LSU and someone that went to, like, seven overtimes. Yeah. And I think the idea of this one was to cut down on those overtimes. Yeah. Um, but then our offenses – neither of our offenses can punch it in for three yards out. So, But at least it makes it more about it. football than it does about kicking the ball. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And that's why, that's why like I said, I like I, – that's why I gave my, my award to Yersic, like – I understand like you're kind of fighting in a phone booth on those two point conversions, right? There's only so much you can do. And he did try to get creative, right? That first trick play to Clifford, it was there. Um, uh, who's a Tyler Warren just did, doesn't yeah. throw a good ball. Cliff, maybe if he's not a hundred percent, you shouldn't be throwing trick plays to him. I don't know. Um, but that he tried, it wasn't there. Uh, they, they tried, also like, did little, the other one though. Like the, there was like a little shovel pass, shovel to, pass to Brenton strange. Yeah. Honestly, that was there too. Good play call. It was there. Yeah. He just didn't fall as like, you're a huge man fall into the fucking yeah. end zone. Yeah. Um, like, so I got to give your stitch a little bit of credit for like trying to mix things up. But again, we're a more talented team. You should be able to just fucking punch the ball in from three yards out and cliff not being able to run hurt us because a lot of those times he's able to just, you know, extend the play and get in like running backs, not being able to do anything. There were two times I think where we handed it off and you can't get three yards against Illinois. Like that's just insane. So I don't hate the rules because I don't think oftentimes it's going to go to nine overtimes. And if it does, it's probably exciting because people are trading blows back and forth where they're actually scoring. Ours was just a really ugly version of yeah, it. This, this was um, a special amount of offensive ineptitude. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, I don't have much else on this game. Anything else you wanted to, to get into or to, to cover? Um, pain, 
pain. Yeah. I think the only other thing, and this is like, we'll, we'll do a very like mini abbreviated Ohio state preview here. I am traveling this week for a wedding, so I won't be able to do a full episode. Pat might be doing something on his own. Um, but I think the big question is Sean Clifford, is he healthy? Obviously not a hundred percent, but what's your takeaway with Clifford with, you know, the decision to use him? Was it the right decision? Should we have gone with a healthy backup? Where do you stand on all that? Well, luckily, I received a notification from CBS Sports at 11.43 a.m. today. Clifford back at 100%. Penn State QB is, quote, unquote, much further ahead heading into Ohio State showdown. Quote, we feel really good about that, unquote. You know so. what's funny? I have that exact quote in my notes, and that was from Franklin's press conference today. <laughs> um, uh, so, so let me ask me you happy. this. Let me ask I you don't this. even know if I believe that, though. How is, how is he much further ahead on Tuesday than he was on Saturday after playing through and getting hit very often? Like, I just, yeah. that doesn't make sense. I don't know if I believe that quote. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like, the, the biggest concern is we had two weeks to get through this, right? We had the bye week. We knew Cliff wasn't healthy. And we still said our best chance to beat Illinois, where we are 24-point favorites. I know I keep saying that, but, like, you have to understand the ramifications of, like, how much we should have won this game. We decided that our best bet was to use a banged-up Clifford. He couldn't run. He had, what, I think it was five carries for negative 28 yards? He could barely throw, too. He went 19 of 34 for 165. And I don't even just mean ability-wise. Like, it looked painful for him when he made throws. So what does that say about our backup situation that we thought this was the best chance to win the game? Like yeah, we, 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 we talked ugly. through this all of last week, so I'm not going to rehash it all, but that scares me. That tells me that there is zero confidence in Roberson because you should be able to beat Illinois with your backup quarterback. One, if you have a competent run game, which we don't. And Franklin said that too. You know, we tried to, tried to get the run game going to take a little pressure off of Cliff. Couldn't do that. Um, he talked about limiting Cliff too. Cause he said, he said something like he was limited in running and we tried to limit that too. So like, clearly the plan was to keep him limited. You're basically telling me that you thought a limited Sean Clifford was better than a 100% healthy backup. And that's scary. That's just really scary because if Cliff gets a big hit in one of these games and we have to go with a backup for any or all of the rest of the season. You mean if it already happened, we lost. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying from this yeah. point on out. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm saying again, if it happens again. Yeah. Um, it's just ugly, man. And like, I don't want to harp on it, but we're going into Ohio State. They are a very good team. They're a good football team. Yes, they looked beatable at the beginning of the season when they were figuring things out. C.J. Stroud has found his footing as a quarterback. Travion Henderson these days. Travion Henderson has found his footing as a running back. He's a stud as a true freshman. Their defensive line is always dominant. Like it's gonna be a battle. Like we we are going to need a hundred. I don't even know if it's gonna left. be a battle. Well, I battle maybe isn't the right word, but it is going to be a task. It is going to be a challenge for us. I have very similar feelings heading into this game as I did going into Michigan twenty seventeen. Is that the one where we lost by like forty? Twenty eighteen? Uh, yep. I have very similar feelings. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not super like confidence instilling, if you will. Um, we open up we open up as eighteen point underdogs. Um, it, it was probably seventeen to start, but it's it's up at eighteen and a half now, over yeah. under at fifty nine and a half. Um, if Clifford if Clifford isn't one hundred percent healthy, I would have a hard time saying that we cover eighteen and a half points. Yeah, that's and I I I, 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 I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a hard time saying it. I would say we wouldn't. Yeah, because you're you 
you are smarter than I am in a lot of this. <laughs> I, I like to keep my heart in it somehow. Like, I just, I don't like, we put up 10 points on Illinois in a quarter and a half and then didn't score again with Bright three, side, with yeah. three turnovers, with getting the ball in plus position. Yeah. We missed a field goal. You should be scoring at will at will. So now you go up against a defense that is much better on the road in hostile environment. It's really scary. The only like kind of bright side thing for me is well, two. I apparently Sean Clifford's healthy. Yeah, we'll take it. We're taking and that to the bank right now. I do think we'll play much better because we always play well against Ohio State. At least, like even last year, we were zero and four. We actually played Ohio State tight. Yeah, after getting after getting blown out by Maryland, there were moments in that game where you're we like, oh, we might be able to win this. We might be able to pull it off. Obviously, we didn't, but there were yes. moments. Um, so I don't think we'll look as bad as we did against Illinois, but I just – I don't think it's possible I, to look man, as bad as we did I'm, against Illinois. I am – Yeah. I don't even know if I can say I'm worried about this game because I just don't think we can win. Yeah, yeah. And, like uh, right now, know, like that, that's my, my emotional feeling. It's just like – I agree. I agree. And you know I'm the most positive, the most optimistic. I try to see the good in it all. Like yeah. right now – I'm sure I'll I talk go- myself into it at some point this oh, week. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have us win in like a 28-27 nail-biter. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> It'll be a walk-off win. We're going to storm the field at Ohio State, even though there's a small amount of us. Everyone will get beat up by the home fans. The mascots will fight at midfield. It's going to be fucking great. Um, but it's worrisome. So, like I said, I think for me the positive is – it is what it is at this point. You know, there's not really a path to the Big Ten Championship. I'm sure there's some roundabout way that, hey, if we still win out and we other people lose, there, maybe there's a, a weird, weird path. We win out. And we would need everyone to have a second loss. And Ohio State loses to Michigan. Michigan. And- Michigan beats Ohio State. <laughs> Michigan State beats Ohio State. Uh-huh. And... Michigan State still has to lose to someone else. Yeah. Who isn't Michigan? Right. There's a roundabout way, but yeah. <laughs> here, here's, here's my point. My point is that is now out of the realm of possibility for the most part. Yeah. So I think our focus for I, I would like for to give a sincere thank you to all those Las Vegas sports books who did not allow me to lay down a futures yeah. on Penn State <laughs> winning the Big Ten. Good call. Thank you, guys. Save me $100. Yep. I, uh, I did put a bet in earlier this season, so that's gone. Um, but but it, it, like I said, I, and I, I say this like half facetiously, but half not. Like the pressure and the anxiety and the, the, the intensity going into every week is kind of gone. And as much as I love that and as much as that drives us, like, yeah, these weeks are going to be a little bit easier now. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch in a sense of like, if we win, awesome. That's amazing. And if we don't, well, yeah, that's kind of far for the course for the season. So I think a lot of what we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks is where's James Franklin going? Is he staying? What does that mean for the recruiting class of 2022? Um, let, let me ask you one more question to close this out. What are your feelings on James Franklin going to be if he leaves? Um, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a uh, a real like bittersweet kind of thing because I'm going to be hurt. Because I have, I have said this entire time, I truly think he wants to be here. I think he loves Penn State. I think he loves his community. I think, like, I really think he wants to be here. So part of it will be, like, 
all right, well, you just didn't fight hard enough and you didn't try to make it work. Like you left because there was an opening, because there was opportunity. And like, it's almost like when like there's a tough breakup and it's like, you, you wanted an excuse and you got your excuse. Now you're out. And like, I'll be pissed because of that. But I don't think like I'll hate him forever. I don't know. Like I, I've, I've really enjoyed him as our head coach. I've been a fan of him forever. I think I'll be pissed. Like and uh, there'll be a lot of scorn right away. But I think I'd probably eventually just be like, yeah, I hope he's doing all right. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be dead to me, as far as I'm There you go. He'd, he'd be dead to me. And, and that is why we make good co-hosts, because we're <laughs> diametrically opposed on a lot of things. So that is your Illinois recap. It wasn't fun. I hope, if anything else, you guys are feeling a little bit more relaxed going into the rest of the season. You know, Enjoy watching football. There's a lot of football out there. Maybe we'll win some fun games. Maybe we'll lose some annoying ones. But it is what it is, and life goes on. Pat, any last words for the fans before we get off here? Oh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Let's try to go 1-0 this week against Ohio State in the big house, as James Franklin would say. We are. <laughs>